The Biden administration and big tech continue their collusion to censor and attack pro-life pregnancy centers. California's Prop 1 attempts to codify abortion through point of birth into the state constitution, something even too radical for our democracy. And the White House once again smears and attacks pro-life conservatives as actual domestic terrorists and the greatest threat to our democracy. This isn't hyperbole, guys. The liberal establishment, the abortion industrial complex, and dare I say the spirit of the age wants you removed from polite society. And if you won't go quietly, you will be removed. Do not go gentle into that good night. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Welcome back to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are on YouTube, we are back at my old studio at Godspeak Calvary Chapel. We are on tour right now for the White Rose Resistance National Live Tour, sponsored and promoted by Turning Point Faith. And you are hearing this as of Thursday, September 1st. And there is a horrific bombshell reporting happening right now on the continued political um, attacks and smearing of pro-lifers by our White House that just came out this morning. So I, I really wanted to jump on that right away with you. But before we dive into today's episode, if you're a new listener to the show or you've been listening for a while and appreciate what we discuss on this show, will you go give us a five-star rating and review? Let us know what you think. We really appreciate it. It helps us reach um, more people and it drives the show up in the charts, especially now with YouTube censoring abortion misinformation and disinformation. And we're going to get into that actually right now. Um, so do that uh, for us. It takes a few seconds, but it, we, we really appreciate it. And more people see the show because of it. If you want to check out our national White Rose Resistance live tour, go to the whiterose.live forward slash events thewhiterose.life forward slash events. We now, I think, have nine or ten churches total booked for our National Life Tour before the middle of November because uh, we got our third baby coming in the beginning of December. So I'm stopping all my speaking mid-November. We were just in Indiana at Life Church Noblesville, went incredibly well. And then we'll be at my, uh, still feels like my home church, but where we just moved from, Godspeed Calvary Chapel here in Thousand Oaks, California. So check out that tour. And if you're in the Southern California area, come on out Sunday, September 4th, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., and 1 p.m. for our live tour here. So listen, the intentional attacks against pro-life conservatives, the censorship, the othering of pro-lifers is intentional. And it's done in order to shut you up. It's done in order to suppress information that is damaging to the abortion industrial complex. And this comes straight out of Joseph Goebbels, guys. You need to understand this. History does repeat itself. I know it's like it's it's an axiom. It's, it's almost an overused phrase now in political discourse. Um, 
to say that those who forget their history are doomed to repeat it, but it really is true. It really is a truism, and and we should constantly be reminding others of that. Uh, listen, America is less than 250 years old. We are a young, young country. I remember last year, I saw this fascinating piece of news, just to put into perspective how young we are as a country, and it was, it was, a, it was, it was a man who had just died, and basically, uh, like his grandfather uh, like New Lincoln or something crazy like that, or, uh, or was around during the Civil War or pre-Civil War, and it, it was it was basically it, it, no, it was earlier than that. So it was wild. It was basically like it was like a grandfather uh, of someone who had just died, and that grandfather was knew some of the founding fathers. It was pretty wild. That we are a young young country, right? To think that someone could have died last year. Uh, whose grandfather was here shortly after the founding of America. And, and, and so to think that we are somehow immune from tyranny or from the loss of liberty and freedom is the height of ignorance. It is the height of pride. It is the height of entitlement to think that we are somehow so much more exceptional as a republic that we could never go the same way. But it always begins with attacking and smearing your political opponents or othering them in such a way that 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 they shouldn't be allowed to participate in the republic and participate in social life and obviously you saw the nazis do this with the jews but in order for a regime like ours to justify their existence and to sustain themselves they have to shut out and censor voices that would compromise their political goals. And Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi propagandist, said this in no uncertain terms. He said, if you tell a lie big enough and you keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. He said, the lie can be maintained only for such a time as the state can shield the people from the political consequences of the state's lies. <laughs> in other words, we know we're lying, and it's only going to be effective in getting people to believe it if we can make sure that the consequences of our lies don't hit the people, that we can shield them from the consequences of our lies. And so he says it thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all of its powers to repress dissent, repress dissent, for the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie, and therefore, by extension, the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. <laughs> I mean, very honest, right? Like, usually, you know, you get more, um, I guess, sort of vindictive um, and, you know, almost, uh, you know, critical thinkers on the left side of the American political line who believe that what they're doing is speaking truth to power. It's standing up for the little guy. But to be so honest that like we know we're lying and we just have to keep saying it so that people will believe it and we have to make sure the consequences of our lies don't slap people in the face too hard lest they wake up and realize 
how sinister we are. And so the Joseph Goebbels sort of political strategy is very much the same one in today's Democrat Party. And, and I use the term liberal establishment or the abortion industrial complex because you need to understand these people are all on the same team. And we'll be releasing my message from the White Rose Resistance National Live Tour soon. This is a point I tried to drive home in our message, is that all of these people support basically all of the same tenets, right, or creeds of liberalism, all of the same political goals of the secular moral revolution. Even Margaret Sanger, right, the founder of Planned Parenthood when it was called the American Birth Control League. Did you know that Mar Margaret Sanger was a communist? And, and then she joined the Socialist Party with Eugene Debs and the other radical socialists in New York in the early 1900s. She, she wanted a political communist revolution in America, but she just understood that to do that, you had to break down sexual and societal mores so the people were more susceptible to the revolutionary agenda items. And so she used birth control and titillating the masses to accomplish that. But even Margaret Sanger, right, the killer angel, one of the saints of feminism today, seen as the founder of abortion on demand in America supported all of the other creeds of liberalism as well. So you just need to understand that these people are all on the same team and they act like they do. But we're often so bickering, so often bickering amongst ourselves uh, on less important issues as conservatives that it prevents us from uniting to present a united front and threat to the abortion industrial complex. So that's what we're facing. And all of these people will collude together whenever and however they can to attack those that they see as the real threat or those that they will label as the real threat in order to make sure that they're not a threat, even if they don't think we're actual a threat to, you know, freedoms, but meaning to their freedom, right? To, when they say our democracy, they just mean their oligarchy, right? They just mean liberalism. Because when our democracy, quote unquote, votes for Trump or supports pro-life legislation, <laughs> right, then, they, then they say that's a threat to democracy. No, that's actually a democracy. More than 50% of the people, you know, uh, let's say so, supported the overturning of Roe versus Wade. No, that's a threat, right? What they mean is their power grab, right? And if you present a threat to that, they'll smear you, they'll suppress you, and they'll shut you up because the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie. Okay, so so that that's sort of the background as to why all of this is important. But let's get into the nitty-gritty specifics of what they're doing right now. Google is coming out saying that they're going to crack down on search results for crisis pregnancy centers. And they call them crisis pregnancy centers, which shows you how out of touch they are. Nobody on the pro-life side has used the term crisis pregnancy center in at least a decade, if not two decades. Even as I was doing Walk for Life uh, for a pregnancy resource center in Whittier, California, where I grew up, at eight and nine years old, people were calling the pregnancy resource centers. That's been the new one. People haven't used crisis pregnancy centers since like the 80s, <laughs> the 70s. Just shows you how out of touch they are. But they're doing this after pressure from Democrats. Once again, right, the the Biden administration and big government using big tech as a proxy to censor their political opponents. So Google is saying that they're going to highlight abortion mills and suppress pro-life pregnancy centers in their search functions. And this came after several lawmakers had advocated for the policy change in an attempt to deter abortion vulnerable, vulnerable women from accidentally visiting a pregnancy resource center when they're searching for an abortion facility. Mark 
Issa Coetz, Google's Vice President of Government Affairs and Public Policy for U.S. and Canada, announced the change in a letter addressed to Senator Mark Warner, Democrat from Virginia, and Representative Elisa Slotkin, Democrat from Michigan. The two lawmakers had sent a letter to Google in June urging the tech giant to, quote, take action to prevent misleading Google search results and ads that lead to anti-abortion clinics. So here's what the lawmakers wrote. Directing women toward fake clinics, okay, that traffic in misinformation. Okay, pause just really quick. One second, remember, science, um, women, um, men, and misinformation, all of these words mean nothing in the lexicon of liberalism, of leftism. They mean nothing. Because you don't know what a leftist is referring to anymore when he says man or woman, when he says science, or when he says misinformation. Okay, if you go to Planned Parenthood's website and you try to figure out what an abortion is, it will say that it gently removes, it gently suctions out the pregnancy. It will say it gently removes or suctions out the pregnancy, the pregnancy tissue specifically. Well, guys, there's no such thing as pregnancy tissue because pregnancy is not a thing um, it's a condition, right? Pregnancy is a condition. Conditions don't have tissue. <laughs> There's no such thing as pregnancy tissue. <laughs> Beings have tissues. So if you're a human being and you're a woman and you're pregnant with another human being, then that's human tissue. That <laughs> they, they won't even use the word human. They have to say pregnancy tissue. So just pause really quick. Whenever these people say misinformation, they think that abortion gently suctioning out pregnancy tissue is information and the science. Once again, science is just a sticker that the liberal establishment slaps over their bigotry and radicalism to disguise their true agenda and keep the American public confused because they see you as stupid rubes who can't weed your way through science. I'm sorry, liberalism. <laughs> and that's why they're going to label you as a domestic terrorist. And we'll get to that at the end of the show today. So these lawmakers say that pregnancy centers are fake clinics that traffic in misinformation and don't provide comprehensive healthcare services. And this is dangerous to women's health and undermines the integrity of Google search results. They say Google should not be displaying anti-abortion fake clinics or crisis pregnancy centers and search results for users that are searching for an abortion clinic or abortion pill. If Google must continue showing these misleading results in search results and Google Maps, the results should at very least be appropriately labeled. Meaning if you are going to allow pregnancy resource centers to appear in your search results, then they should at least be labeled. Labeled what? Fake. Fake health clinics unreliable right science deniers <laughs> okay um in the response to this letter mark isakowitz google's vice president of Gov government affairs and public policy explained that google is continuing to, ha to hone a policy implemented in 2019 which adds labels like quote provides abortions and quote does not provide abortions to advertisements <clears throat> he also stressed that the tech giant will now label abortion clinics clearly when people search on google maps he says, we have extra layers of verification in place to help us confirm that places labeled as abortion clinics on Google Maps and search and search offer abortions. 
Uh, we provide a way for anyone to flag problematic reviews, inappropriate content, and misleading places for removal. People can also report misleading business information to Google via the business redressal form. We take the risk of fake business profiles seriously and carry out a number of steps, steps to combat them. Okay, so he's saying this in response to a letter from Democrats pressuring him to remove pro-life pregnancy centers from the Google search results. So when he says, we take the risk of fake business profiles seriously, who do you think he's referring to <laughs> when he says fake businesses? He's referring to pregnancy resource centers, okay? This is the intentional what? Suppression right? To ensure that the people are shielded from the political consequences of the state's lies. It's big tech being used as a proxy by big government to censor political opponents, which by the way, I think you may have a lawsuit um, a possibility there as well. By the way, this is the same Google, okay? <laughs> Just to remind you, who banned all ads for the abortion pill reversal last year, claiming that the reversal pill is fake science and dangerous to women. And I covered this on the show back then, if you've been listening to the show for some time. Google basically said, okay, we can't allow anyone to pay ads for the abortion pill reversal. What is the abortion pill reversal? It's progesterone. It's just progesterone. It's a natural hormone. They've been using it in birth control and fertility treatments for decades, by the way. The abortion industry never complained about it then when it wasn't a threat to their political regime. Right, right. Only the information and people that are a threat to their regime will be othered, will be labeled as domestic terrorists, will be censored, right? And so they – and it offsets the effects of the abortion pill. That's what the abortion pill reversal does, and it has a 60 to 80 percent save rate of the baby who was already starting to be killed by RU486, the abortion pill. Okay, so they said we have to remove these ads for the, the reversal pill because – um, they said this is dangerous to women. What was their proof? They pointed to a report from the Center for Countering Digital Hate as their proof. Okay, what was the proof at the Center for Countering Digital Hate report? Their proof was one study, one study from Dr. Mitchell Creenan, who is an abortionist. <laughs> I, oh, I'm sure, I'm, Seth, there's no conflict of interest there. Follow the science. I'm sure, I'm sure he's totally objective and unbiased. I'm sure that he has no incentive to smear a pill which saves the children he gets paid to kill. I'm sure he has no incentive to do that whatsoever. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah, these are people who murder babies. You think they have a problem lying? If you think that someone's conscience will burden them with lying when it doesn't burden them with ripping children apart, uh, your head is so far up your own you-know-what that it's coming out your face again. If you actually think that a lie is going to burden abortionist Mitchell Creenan's conscience, but when he tears limbs off of children's torsos in their mother's wombs, he calls that a blessing of liberty and reproductive justice, then your moral compass is so broken, I wouldn't trust you to babysit any, any children, okay? So the one study used to prove that the abortion pill reversal is dangerous, is from an abortionist. And in that study, he said he had to stop his study because so many women were hemorrhaging and bleeding. It was, so, it was just too dangerous to continue the study. Except you look into it, the only women who were bleeding and hemorrhaging were the women who took the abortion pill and not the reversal pill. <laughs> Which would be the very thing they would have to take for you to determine the efficacy and danger or lack thereof of the abortion pill. Okay, so this is the same Google 
who did this last year and is now being pressured by Democrats, and they are caving to that pressure to censor the voices of pro-lifers and ensure that women who are considering murdering their own children don't find the help that they truly need from loving pregnancy resource centers. Wow, wow, wow. Shocker, shocker, shocker. Also, Yelp is jumping on this bandwagon and warning their users of pregnancy resource centers and uses a study claiming that PRCs offer, there it is, that term again, misinformation, misinformation, okay? Um, so on August 23rd, so what, last week, Yelp issued a press release reading, um, today we're introducing a new no notification on Yelp business pages for crisis pregnancy centers. <laughs> There's that term again, right? Just showing you how out of touch these people are. And faith-based crisis pregnancy centers that informs consumers these businesses typically offer limited medical services. In addition, we're expanding our manual recategorization effort for these businesses. Okay, so they, they say that PRCs offer limited medical services. Okay, um, hmm. You want to know something interesting? Did you know that abortion facilities are not required to refer women to adoption agencies? They're not required to refer women to pregnancy resource centers, and they're not required to advertise which services they don't provide. Yes, let me say that again. Abortion clinics, abortuaries, abortion mills, killing centers, they are not required to, to advertise which services they don't provide. Oh, but Yelp will say that we have to suppress the search results of pregnancy resource centers and put a notification on these crisis pregnancy centers for misinformation because they don't offer, what, uh, a full range of medical services. They offer limited medical services. Uh, well, the same thing could be said about many abortion services. Once again, the hypocrisy... The double standard proves the rule. If they didn't have double standards, they wouldn't have any standards at all. Yelp says, quote, it's well reported that crisis pregnancy centers do not offer abortion services. And it's been shown that many provide misleading information in an attempt to steer people seeking abortion care into other options. All right, they call it abortion care. Uh, isn't that misinformation? Because an abortion kills an innocent, separate human being. That's not very caring. But once again, when you're an elite, when you have your hands on the reins of political power, the rules never apply to you. It's a key lesson from elitism. It's a key lesson about today's American political culture, and it's one that you need to learn and learn well. Stop complaining and being surprised about double standards on the left side of the aisle. Stop bitching and moaning about the fact that evil people do evil things and those who murder the unborn are not good at governing the born. Wake up. It's been the norm for some time. The question is, what are you going to do about it, right? Are, are you going to sit back and allow this to happen? And we're about, we're actually, we're going to close out the show here in a little bit with exactly where all of this is truly leading, right? Because maybe you say, I, I'm mostly pro-life, Seth. I mean, you know, I, I, you know I, maybe I'm the Tulsi Gabbard pro-life. You know, I don't want abortions in the late term, but in the early first trimester, I'm fine with it. And I, I certainly don't want women being pressured or manipulated into an abortion. And I want them to have the full range of options. And I mean, you know, but... But okay, it's not that big of a deal. 
you know, it's it's not like they're coming for all pro-lifers. They're they're just targeting pro-life pregnancy centers. We should try to fix that. But come on, Seth, you know, stop being stop stop whipping us up into a frenzy, right? To to grow, what you're trying to grow your podcast by being super controversial. I get these kind of statements and critiques all the time um, for people who don't see the signs of the time, who don't truly know what time it is, and they don't think that what I'm talking about right now is somehow indicative of the tyranny that's coming for us all. And I'm going to argue that it is, and I think I'll prove it at the end of the show right now. But, right, th th this is Yelp now jumping on the same Google bandwagon, being used as a proxy to silence the political dissidents and opponents of the liberals. Live Action helpfully pointed out something about Yelp's censorship of pro-life pregnancy centers, by the way. Basically, the study that Yelp uses to claim that pregnancy resource centers offer misinformation is co-authored by three pro-abortion advocates. <laughs> there it is again. Just like the one study used by Google to get rid of paid ads for the abortion pill reversal is a study by an actual abortionist. The one study used by Yelp to prove it's just the science, it's just academic research, right, that pro-life pregnancy centers offer misinformation is co-authored by three pro-abortion advocates. Okay, so the link purporting to show that pregnancy resource centers offer misleading information is a 2019 editorial in the Journal of General Internal Medicine co-authored by an openly pro-abortion professor at the University of Pittsburgh. Oh, by the way, at the University of Pittsburgh, they receive federal funds from Fauci through the NIAID, and they, they abort babies in the late term, and in the same hospital, they take those mutilated murdered babies, who some of whom could have survived if born alive and they take them to another wing of the hospital and they scalp them like old school Indians with Elizabeth Warren's war axe and then they put those scalps on subcutaneously on lab rats and so the lab rat grows the infant human hair that would have grown on the scalp of that precious baby had they not been aborted in the womb and they called these mice humanized mice because they have human cells in them now and then they use those humanized mice under Fauci's approval and funding to perform experiments to find solutions to staph infections so notice the baby just becomes a sacrifice on man's pursuit of eternal life. You must die so I can live. And if I have to sacrifice you to eke out a few more years on this life, that's perfectly acceptable. How is that any different than pagan Aztec society sacrificing human beings to the war gods, the sex gods, the weather gods, the crop gods, with the belief that this pagan deity would improve their lives, bless their crops, and extend their lifespan? Human beings becoming a sacrifice for man's pursuit of eternal life. Right. That's what happens at the University of Pittsburgh. And a pro-abortion professor at the University of Pittsburgh is one of the authors of a study claiming that pro-life pregnancy centers offer misinformation. <laughs> the conflict of interest is so blatant, the slap should be stinging your cheek at this point. The second author is a senior attorney for the Women's Law Project who received a national award from the National Abortion Federation. Oh, wow. And the third professor is a University of California, San Francisco, UCSF researcher. UCSF the late-term abortion training capital of the country and maybe the world. If you want to become rich as an abortionist by killing late-term babies in the third trimester, you go to UCSF to get educated. So a UCSF researcher is one of the authors of this study, and she's also written before about how she believes that family medicine doctors have a responsibility to provide the abortion pill. 
So if you're a responsible family doctor, you should be required to give women the RU486 abortion pill to kill their baby. Right. Okay. I totally trust these three people when they say pregnancy centers offer misinformation. This 2019 editorial just argues the same tired old talking points that abortion supporters have used for decades about pregnancy resource centers, that they provide deceptive misinformation. And the study insists that any connections made between abortion and breast, can breast cancer, abortion and miscarriages, abortion and preterm birth in subsequent pregnancies, and abortion and future infertility and abortion and breast cancer are all debunked misinformation um, uh, links, links. Now, if you want the true history behind the link between abortion and breast cancer and preterm labor and subsequent pregnancies and mental health, go listen to our episode with Dr. Brent Bowles several weeks back as we dive into all of the research and the malfeasance that the abortion industrial complex has resorted to and the statistical gymnastics they must, they must pull off in order to claim that there's no link between abortion and mental health and breast cancer and preterm birth and subsequent pregnancies. Okay, so all of these people are actually the peddlers of misinformation when they say pregnancy tissue, when they say that the baby is an insensate blob of tissue, when they call the baby a pregnancy, and when they say there's no links between abortion and these various negative outcomes when there clearly, clearly is. So they just label you the very things that they are. So just a reminder, this study was co-authored by three pro-abortion advocates that Yelp uses to label PRCs as peddlers of misinformation. Okay, now, in California, my once, uh, my, the once great state and my once home state is now pushing to codify abortion into the state constitution. California Prop 1, it's called. And it's interesting because we have some new polling out proving Californians are not even on board, anywhere close to on board, with the radicalism of Prop 1. But remember, Californians were not on board with Prop 8, right? We did not want to redefine marriage. Or I forgot what the yes or no meant on Prop 8. I'm sorry, I was quite young. <laughs> Prop 8, whether, whether we should expand marriage, meaning obliterate marriage, to mean anything that you want it to be, mainly starting with gay marriage. But redefining marriage doesn't redefine marriage. It obliterates marriage because marriage has a definition. It's the permanent, exclusive, um, comprehensive union of one man and one woman for life and for the rearing of children and the health and good of society. But remember, Californians, for goodness sake, said, no, 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 no. We're not redefining, obliterating marriage. Marriage is a union of one man and, and one woman. And then a gay judge, yes, a homosexual judge, just said, eh, I don't care about the voice of the people, right? So much for our democracy. <laughs> Outright, once, when they say our democracy, they just mean their oligarchy. And so before I get into the new research, uh, Proposition 1 is going to define abortion as a fundamental right and would render any limits on abortion in the state, even limits on third trimester abortions, as unconstitutional. Okay, so this is just California's version of the, you know the New the New York Reproductive Health Act and the Illinois Reproductive Health Act to codify abortion through point of birth, 
probably even pushed to remove it from the penal code so that if a man murders a pregnant woman, he'll only be charged with one count of homicide and not two. But a new survey conducted by Real Impact, a, a ministry associated with my friend Pastor Jack Hibbs in Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, and Rasmussen reports shows that the majority of Californians are not in favor of limitless abortions as politicians, the media, Hollywood, and activists would have you believe. So if you're watching the show today, we have some screenshots here. I want to go through these. It's quite interesting. It didn't surprise me, actually, because I, I've looked into the polling and the research for some time on the public support for abortion, but a lot of people don't actually um, know this or understand this. So here's an interesting one. 58% of California likely voters believe that abortion should be legal only under certain circumstances after the heartbeat develops. 58% of California likely voters would not support abortion except under certain, meaning when it says under certain circumstances, like it probably means if they believe the woman's going to die, life or health of the mother, and those are never justified anyways. But that's a huge percent of Americans that are not anywhere close to the radicalism of Prop 1. Here's another insight from the study. 69% of California likely voters believe abortion should only be legal under certain circumstances once a fetus develops a nervous system and can feel pain. Okay, so we have discussed the science, and we're going to have someone on the show again soon, about fetal pain. Dr. Maureen Kondict, who I believe, she's a scientist and I believe a neonatologist, actually testified before Congress some years ago, um, updating them about the science of fetal pain that found that the child by about uh, 13 weeks has all of the thalamic circuitry in place to experience pain to the same degree as you and I. So 13 weeks would be what? Just right after the first trimester. Okay. And then we do know the unborn child responds to stimuli and can feel something by about eight weeks. So, whoa, whoa. And now most people don't like the idea of abortions that are a pain to the child, which is kind of weird because like it's not any less wrong to kill you just because you can't feel it. <laughs> like, hey, if I anesthetize you first, uh, Democrat, can I kill you? No, no one would be no one would be on board. It's kind of a weird thing. But anyways, that we have a more visceral sort of uh, repulsive reaction to being told, hey, um, at this stage of development, the baby feels the pain of dismemberment. And, and more people oppose those kind of abortions if they know the abortion is very painful for the child. Remember, the kooky leftist Democrats who support abortion also say that it's a great heinous genocide happening in our country because the animals we're killing to eat our cows are dying in great distress. It's very painful for them. And they believe that any pain is evil. So even animals who experience pain should not have to go through that. But they're pro-abortion. Anyways, once again, don't expect consistency from secular liberals. And, and so if people knew the true science of fetal pain, that the baby feels something at eight weeks and feels the full range of human pain at 13 weeks, hey, do you think if the activist media ran with those stats and did good coverage on that, how do you think that would affect the voting of Americans on abortion? I'll tell you what, you'd have way more Americans who are registered as Democrats and even say they're pro-choice who would start walking away from the radicalism of the Democrat Party because you have a lot of on-the-fence abortion supporters in America, a lot of lifelong Democrats who have just voted that way because their family always has, who will continue to vote for pro-abortion politicians. But if they were told that the baby feels the pain of dismemberment at 13 weeks, you can bet they would start voting pro-life. 
anything that compromises the political regime power and goals of today's secular theocracy will be treated as a domestic terrorist. And if you're spreading that misinformation, you're going to be labeled as a peddler of misinformation, removed from the digital square, and maybe one day treated as an actual domestic terrorist. So once again, um, Californians are not on board with dismembering children upon full pain of limb dismemberment. And so California Democrats don't care about that, of course, because their priority is to abortion and the abortion industry, not to their constituents. Here's another finding. 73% of California likely voters believe abortion should be legal only under some certain circumstances after a fetus could survive outside the mother. Um, and 20% say that they believe it should be legal under any circumstance. So only 20% of California voters believe it should be legal under any circumstance. So if you take this poll and survey at its face, it would mean that 80% of Americans would not support Prop 1. But how many Americans or percentage of Americans do you think will end up supporting Prop 1? I would say probably over 80%. Why? Because the true peddlers of misinformation are on the left side of the aisle. And we knew this in my home state now of Kansas with the Value Them Both Amendment, right, which sought to give the democratic power back into the hands of the people to determine whether to write abortion out of the state constitution so that we could make abortion illegal in Kansas, right? And a disproportionate amount of Kansans voted against the Value Them Both Amendment, which is weird because it's a similar, it's a similar political climate with Missouri, and Missouri abortion is illegal. So what, what explained that? Well, a lot of political pundits believe, and I was actually chatting with the former governor of Kansas, Sam Brownback, who also believes it was due in large part to the massive misinformation campaign from the side of the aisle that labels you the peddlers of disinformation. Because do you remember what the culture of death in the activist media was saying when Roe v. Wade got overturned? Do you remember this? We covered this on the show back at the time. Women won't be able to get miscarriage treatments. Do you remember this? That if a woman gets a miscarriage, she won't be able to get it removed because that procedure is technically an abortion. <laughs> this has never been the case. Or, or that if you had an ectopic pregnancy, so the baby implanted in your fallopian tube, oh, that the procedure to remove the baby from the fallopian tube is technically an abortion. So, hey, 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 American citizens, did you know pro-lifers want women with ectopic pregnancies to die in hospital rooms? <laughs> it's like, well, uh, no. Even in states where abortion was illegal before 1973, they were still performing surgeries to remove the baby from the fallopian tube in an ectopic pregnancy because those procedures are not an abortion. Because abortions kill living babies, and a baby that's been miscarried is dead, so it's not an abortion. And to remove the baby from the fallopian tube is called a salpingectomy or a salpingostomy. It has a different surgical procedural name because it's not an abortion. And, and, and history never supported the claims they were making. But what were they doing? They were peddling misinformation. Do you remember? I covered this on the show. Planned Parenthood's freaking website removed a sentence from their website where they said, and I, I, I think— I think I quote to you verbatim. I think I memorized it. They removed a sentence from their website that said that treatment for ectopic pregnancy is not the same as an abortion. They removed it from their website, and when asked, they said, we were afraid of how, what, conservative pro-lifers would use that 
in their campaigns and their talking points, meaning Planned Parenthood knows that these are separate, but they and the liberal establishment, the abortion industrial complex, use this misinformation to strike fear into the hearts of abortion moderate voters who are somewhat pro-life but not on board with the Democrat Party's platform position on abortion in order to incite them into voting against bills like the Value Them Both Amendment. Right? So who's really the peddlers of misinformation? <laughs> Wake up! This was never about truth. This was never about speaking truth to power. This was never about lawmaking. This was never about being a representative for the constituents that voted for you. It was about accruing political power. And never forget the lengths to which people will go to keep their hands on and maintain their political power power. It's an incredibly important point. We forget, I think, as American citizens who have taken our liberties for granted, how powerful the love of power actually is. President William Henry Harrison stated in his inaugural address on March 4th, 1841, about the love of power. 1841. I want to bring it back to us today in 2022 to remind you how enticing and dangerous the love of power can be if the lovers of liberty and life are not as focused on protecting life and liberty. Here's what President William Henry Harrison said. The, the love of power, he said, the love of power, when this corrupting passion once takes possession of the human mind, like the love of gold, it becomes insatiable. It is the never-dying worm in his bosom. It grows and strengthens with the declining years of its victim. Did you just picture Nancy Pelosi in your head when I just said that? <laughs> or Chuck Schumer? <laughs> I just did. I just pictured a decrepit, ancient Nancy Pelosi with her teeth falling out as she talks about what a great grandmother she is while becoming one of the greatest protectors of abortion. Have you heard Nancy Pelosi say this before? She's like, as a mother and a grandmother, I think I have some standing on this issue, she once said regarding abortion. These people, they literally look like decaying ancient mummies because the love of power has so corrupted their soul. And so William Henry Harrison finishes with this. He says, as long as the love of power is a dominant passion of the human bosom, so long will the liberties of a people depend on their constant attention to its preservation. An incredibly important point to remember. And those who use their power to kill the most innocent among us will not hesitate to murder you one day as well unless you constantly preserve and pay attention to those liberties and freedoms. And without the right to life, you are putting in place the premise to, you are putting in place the premises that will one day justify your own enslavement and murder as well. Um, we, we'll go ahead and skip the rest of these findings from this study, but they're incredibly helpful to remind you that when the left says our democracy is endangered, they don't care about our democracy. Okay, one of the ways to protect our democracy, even though we're a constitutional republic, would be what? More people. Well, they murder more people. They murder our posterity through abortion. So they're not really lovers of democracy. And then anytime the people reject their radicalism, they say that's a danger to our democracy because they really just mean to liberalism and to their power. 
And if they love power to the extent of murdering babies, do you think they would stop at preserving that power when it comes to endangering your freedoms and liberties? Uh, shouldn't the last two years of tyranny prove my point? Let's finish the show with this today. The White House today, this was said today, September 1st, labels pro-life conservatives actual domestic terrorists and a threat to our democracy. Right, right. Let's play this clip from White House um, Press Secretary, uh, what is it, Corrine Jean-Pierre. You know, the president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy. Uh, the president has been clear, as he can be, on that particular uh, piece when we talk about a democracy, when we talk about our freedoms. Uh, the way that he sees is the MAGA Republicans are the most energized part of the Republican Party. Uh, the, that extreme, this is an extreme threat to our democracy, to our freedom, uh, to our rights. Uh, they just don't respect the rule of law. You've heard that from uh, the president. Uh, and, um, you know, they are pursuing an agenda uh, that takes away people's rights. So, which is what the president said last week on Thursday. You all heard him. This is what the president said yesterday, and that's what he's going to continue to say. And here's the thing. The president's not going to shy away uh, to call out uh, what he clearly sees is happening in this country. And, um, you know, again, MAGA Republicans are this extreme part of their party. And that is just facts. And that's what he's going to continue to lay out. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. So, guys, it's just facts. It's just the facts, man. It's just the science. Did you hear her say that that uh, Biden is, is not going to stop speaking out against an agenda that takes away people's rights? Are you freaking kidding me? An agenda that takes away people's rights? You mean like when me and like all of my like-minded conservatives in this country said, I already have a natural immunity to COVID? And, and, uh, and look at this viral clip of Fauci from the 80s. Which, I, which we don't have, but you can go find it. A viral clip of Fauci from the 80s about a different outbreak saying that the best immunity is natural immunity. The best vaccination is natural immunity. So, hey, I've already got it. So I just want to keep my job. I want to keep working. You know, I want to keep supporting my family. And, and I don't want the Fauci ouchie. You're fired. And you had, you had a mandate from the federal government that ended up getting overruled. But a, a bunch of businesses went along with it in the meantime and fired people who wouldn't take the Fauci ouchie. An agenda that takes away people's rights. Are you freaking kidding me? You're pro-abortion. Your entire party is built on an agenda of taking away the right to life of 65 million little human beings since 1973. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's so blatant. Watching, watching Corrine Jean-Pierre lie her face off, you just have to wonder whether these people are studying Hitler and the Nazis point for point, <laughs> right? If you repeat a lie big enough and you keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. I can't tell you how many people I've met over the course of my life and my time doing pro-life activism who will say they're pro-life, listen to me, will say they're pro-life and will then simultaneously say they vote for Democrats because they don't want to force women who, are, who might die um, without an abortion from dying. And, and they've, they have literally imbibed and absorbed the lies from the left wing propaganda that says that pro-life laws kill women and increase maternal mortality rate because it doesn't allow for miscarriage treatment. It doesn't allow for an abortion if mom's about to die, even though you can just deliver the baby early. You don't have to dismember them in the womb. 
Or they say, you know, that uh, they point to this study called the Turnaway Study, which claimed to have found that women who didn't get an abortion when they wanted it had had worse off careers and life afterwards, which it wouldn't matter. You don't get to kill children to improve your own life. I, I, I Anyways, I have met so many people who say they're pro-life but still support abortions in some circumstances. And a lot of that is based off of lies they've imbibed by these people who just repeat it over and over and over and over again. Now, why do they call us MAGA Republicans? Let's talk about that really quick. This is a term Joe Biden and the Democrats began using earlier this year, MAGA Republicans. And do you know why they did this, by the way? Because polling came out from a liberal consultant named Anita Dunn. Okay, And Anita Dunn found that MAGA, as an adjective, swayed voters away from Republicans more than Trump. <laughs> so they consulted with this woman named Anita Dunn, who did polling on this. And so, you know, you can see the Democrats just urinating in their pants, right? Most of them are old enough that they probably do. Sorry. And, and saying, uh, oh, oh, gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> you know, they're getting all excited. Hey, hey, bud, go use the term MAGA Republicans. And he actually tried to use, do you remember this? He, I tried to use the word ultra MAGA. But he like fumbled over his words when he said it. <laughs> and then, the, then all the right and conservatives were like, oh, that's epic. We are ultra MAGA Republicans. And so then they stopped using it because it was the same thing we did with deplorables. When Hillary Clinton labeled all of us deplorables, it became like a badge of honor. Like, oh, are you a deplorable? And so they like didn't want that happening again. So now they kind of moved away from ultra MAGA. But they've been saying MAGA Republicans because polling showed that it would turn off voters to Republicans um, more than the word Trump. Okay, very interesting. So Jen Psaki said before she stepped down and was replaced by Karine Jean-Pierre, she said on a, in, during a May 10th press briefing, Jen Psaki said that, that Ultra MAGA, listen to this, Ultra MAGA included, quote, putting at risk a woman's right to make choices about her own health care. <laughs> so just to put the top on it, they believe that you as a pro-lifer are this too. This isn't just an attack against like people who what who um, uh, believe that January 6th was a necessary insurrection to prevent Biden from entering the White House. Right? Okay, whatever, right? They're not using this as a term for people that they allegedly believe, think that insurrections are appropriate. Okay, what? No, no, they're including pro-lifers in this. Jen Psaki admitted it when she said, Ultra MAGA includes those who put at risk a woman's right to make choices about her own health care, meaning that it refers to people who are opposed to the deliberate, intentional dismemberment of little babies in their mother's wombs. Okay, we're all MAGA Republicans now. What? Because we support the position that most Americans did since the inception of this country, that abortion is a moral wrong because that's a human being. Let me prove it again. Commenting specifically on people who support reversing Roe v. Wade, Jen Psaki said, quote, if you're on the other side of that, meaning the other side of support for Roe v. Wade, so if you oppose Roe v. Wade, quote, you're supporting an ultra-MAGA position in the president's view, end quote. <laughs> as from Jen Psaki. So that would include all five Supreme Court justices, by the way. Hmm who overturned Dobbs, right? Well, and actually it was six, no, no, it was six, three that overturned Dobbs and five, four that overturned Roe v. Wade. Okay, so you're all MAGA Republicans. Okay, um, this is an intentional way to other and to justify political discrimination and violence against pro-lifers. And if you don't believe that, um... You are so asleep at the wheel. I, I don't know if any 
podcaster show will wake you up at this point. Over 100 pro-life groups were physically assaulted, defaced, and in some cases burnt to a crisp in the last few months. And they were writing words on these clinics, pro-life clinics, that said, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. That's political violence language. If abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. And the groups behind this, Jane's Revenge and Ruth sent us, were claiming credit for these acts of domestic terrorism, <laughs> of actual domestic terrorism. But if you're pro-life and you don't want to kill babies in the womb, the press secretary for Joe Biden says that you are a domestic terrorist and a threat to our democracy. <laughs> These words don't mean anything anymore. It's just about the love of power. And then let's close the show with this. She says that what? These people, us, pro-life MAGA Republicans, don't support the rule of law. Did you hear that line? She said we don't support the rule of law. Are you freaking kidding me? When Roe v. Wade was overturned, all of the Democrats were saying illegitimate, that the Supreme Court's ruling was illegitimate, and immediately tried to make abortions available on federal lands within red states that were banning or heavily restricting abortions, so that women in states where abortion was illegal could break the law by getting it on federal lands. Rule of law? Rule of law? You mean like when the Biden DOJ immediately after entering the White House dropped a lawsuit against a Vermont hospital who coerced a pro-life nurse to assist with an abortion upon threat of career termination, violating conscious protections that we've had in this country for decades. Rule of law? You mean like when BLM and Antifa burned down the country and then Kamala Harris started fundraising to pay the bail of the real domestic terrorists so that they could get back out on the streets? Rule of law? You mean like when Attorney General Merrick Garland labeled peaceful and concerned parents who spoke at school board meetings as domestic terrorists and started looking into these families as threats to our democracy rule of law you mean like how robbers murderers and arsons get the kid glove treatment while grandmas who popped a beer inside the capitol rotunda after being invited in by campus security who told them just don't make a mess are rotting in a dc prison rule of law Rule of law, right? Because science, rule of law, men, women, misinformation, these terms don't mean anything anymore. And this has always been a key tenet of liberalism and leftism in America is to redefine everything and to repeat it over and over and over and over again until people start to believe it. They are going to continue to repeat that we are the threat to American freedoms and liberties, the threat to our democracy, and domestic terrorists. And guess what? Guess what? I'm predicting it on this show now. They're going to repeat that over and over and over and over again until political violence against pro-lifers and conservatives becomes not just acceptable but is being called for by the society. At which point, maybe the apathetic amongst us will finally wake up. At which point, a key lesson of history will reassert itself once again. That key lesson being this, by the time the good people woke up, it was too late. Those who murder the unborn, 
will one day murder you. Do not go gently into that good night. Begin waking up and asserting your cultural and political influence in the public square to hold these people accountable, to do it at the ballot box, to do it in the digital square, to speak the truth, to never to never say a lie or remain silent when lies are being spoken because this is how they upend society. Speak the truth, believe the truth, but more importantly, be willing to sacrifice and die for the truth. Or one day, they will abort you as well. Thanks for tuning into the show today. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Leave us a rating and review. If you want to see my speaking schedule or, or book me for an event, go to sethgruber.com. If you want to become an ally of the White Rose Resistance and help me take back life in America, go to thewhiterose.life, thewhiterose.life. Until next week, I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted. Unaborted. <laughs>